Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I hope you're all doing well. Um, my name is Shahrazad, um, and welcome to the third episode of Akhwat the podcast. Um, I hope you're all keeping well and healthy during the third lockdown. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa taala make it easy for all of you, um, and inshallah we can see the end of these times. Um, today I'm joined by Rabia, um, who's a very motivational and inspirational person. To me, um, she's currently studying global and cultural mental health, um, and she works in a mental health service for the NHS. Allahumma barik laha. Um, so I'll just pass over to Rabia. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Hamdulillah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Firstly, thank you so much for having me and for your really, really kind words. I really, really appreciate them. No worries. Do you want to just tell us a little bit more about yourself before we begin, inshallah? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm currently studying a postgrad diploma in culture and global mental health, and I just finished uh, studying uh, psychiatric research. And yeah, like you said, I work in a mental health service, um, providing basic psychosocial interventions um, to those who struggle with certain mental health issues. And yeah, I have a really um, deep passion for Islamic psychology and also for traveling, which you can't do much of now. But yeah, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Allahumma barik. Um, so today, inshallah, we'll be discussing the hijab um, and modesty. So um, we're going to be discussing Rabia specifically, her journey towards hijab, um, some of the struggles she faced, um, some of the benefits that came out of it. Um, and hopefully this discussion will be some sort of benefit to you girls. Um, so I'll begin firstly by asking you, Rabia, mm-hmm. what does modesty mean to you? So you know modesty is very subjective but in in an islamic context you know it's a distinctive quality of islam and for me to be modest means to be in a constant state of mindfulness towards allah which mm-hmm. in essence you know helps shape our behavior our dress our speech and our thoughts because you know we're striving to ensure that that these are pleasing to allah and you know by default this is beneficial to us so you know for example with regards to our physical appearance you know um it would be through adhering to hijab you know through our speech you know not using foul language or speaking aggressively or badly to or off others you know our thoughts you know um thinking and assuming the best of others being humble and reminding mm-hmm. ourselves of you know the blessings that Allah has provided for us and then you know with our behavior as well you know engaging appropriately with non-mahrams when needed and I really think that modesty is on a continuum you know we can always strive to be more modest and it's just about protecting the value that Allah has placed in us and mm-hmm. one thing I really really just wanted to say is that um with regards to modesty I think a lot of people have this assumption that um to be modest is to you know almost like become like an invisible member of the society mm. if you know what I mean yeah. as in uh so for me you know being modest doesn't mean that you don't have a personality or you're not or you're mute or you don't have a voice it's, mm-hmm. that's not the case at all because you know we can look at the great woman of Islam and to really understand this if we take the example of you know Asma bin Yazid may Allah be pleased with her she mm-hmm. was a narrator of a hadith and when you read about her, you'll see, you know, she was very expressive and outspoken. And she had a deep passion for seeking knowledge and asking questions um, regarding women to the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. Awesome. But she was very, you know, she's regarded as one of the most modest women, you know, in our history. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess in essence, it's just about um, altering 
our behavior in certain situations the same way we would physically with hijab but it doesn't mean you know you eradicate any part of your personality or etc mm-hmm. um but yeah it's applicable to both genders yeah yeah mashallah um so when when we're talking about modesty in your journey um, mm. can you talk to us a little bit about how it began and what made you turn to dressing more modestly so that this can inshallah be an inspiration to some sisters who are trying to take that step to being more modest sure so i was never raised in a practicing household you know i was raised upon the um the morals adherent in islam and the, you know the, the foundations of islam you know how we mm-hmm. treat others and you know not engaging in certain fitness etc but the practical aspects of islam were very foreign to me you know fasting salah and adhering to hijab and the first time it I think Islam really truly came into my household was through my youngest brother when he was 10 and Allah guided him. May Allah reward him abundantly because mm-hmm. he really, really um, helped me with my journey. You know, through him, I started to see, you know, the beauty and the sweetness of faith mm-hmm. and I became very intrigued. So during my mid-teens, you know, I started researching about religion. I looked into all three monotheistic religions because I really wanted to sh- be sure that what I was following was for myself. Mm-hmm. and really wanted to research and understand the truth for myself mm-hmm. um, and that's when I found Islam was the true path and you know it captured my heart and yeah and then when I started to understand um, you know the practicing elements of Islam and try to implement them into my life I guess that's when I first became exposed properly to the hijab and its meaning and what it is and that's what set the intention for me to start to at least strive to start to wear it yeah mashallah um so with hijab and any step towards, mm. you know, becoming more modest in the Western society, it comes with quite a few struggles um, because we do stand out. Um, yeah. We will stand out amongst the majority. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about some of the struggles that you've faced or probably might be facing now with hijab and jilbab? So I will say that I think because we live in a, uh, for example I live in London it's very diverse alhamdulillah mm-hmm. so you know even though it's not the norm because it's very diverse I feel like it is a bit easier relative to other parts of the world that people or sisters live in mm-hmm. for example other parts of Europe that I've traveled to where I I do really stick out um, yeah. for example like in Austria um, there's yeah it, it, it was very difficult but I think one of the main things I think I initially struggled with was in terms of work Mm. um and working in jilbab um because again it's such a kind of foreign attire to you know workplace as well because they're very used to seeing for example like the headscarf but yeah. jilbab was yeah jilbab's still quite foreign um so at times there was difficulty there um and it wasn't it wasn't really overtly it was quite um it wasn't just put out there you know it was quite subtle the way they find issues with my clothing right. but in the end you know I feel like just remembering and being remember that only Allah can grant you that success and it was almost like a filter because I you know I saw it as if these companies don't want me to work for them then that's their loss because you have to have confidence in yourself and your work and you know now that you know I think it's becoming you know they're being more conscious of diversity in the workplace etc it's becoming a lot easier but initially Mm -hmm. it was quite difficult in terms of um, advocating for me to wear it in certain job roles but yeah alhamdulillah now it's become over like the last several years it's become a lot easier alhamdulillah so how did it feel like going into the workplace wearing jilbab um how did you feel personally were you nervous were you conscious of what other people were thinking or how they were looking at you um you know i when i first started wearing it 
I was so in love with it that I almost kind of forgot about everyone else's opinion Mm. so I was so like in love with wearing it that I didn't even realize it would have like that anyone would say anything about it in the workplace I guess I don't know if that makes me naive but because I was the first um to wear it in my family for example I wasn't exposed to anyone's experience with it that makes yeah. sense yeah, that makes so then sense. when I first went into the workplace and you know they someone had an issue about it I was kind of shocked because mm. I was so confused I was like I'm still me because you know I've worked without wearing hijab and yeah. you know I was like my work I haven't changed my work ethic hasn't changed I'm still the same person so mm. how can now me wearing this change my work ethic if that makes sense so I had it was difficult it, it did take a knock to my confidence mm-hmm. um it did make me you know double think at one point oh okay should I just should I just, you know, maybe not wear jilbab, wear, wear something else that conforms better to what they would like? Yeah. And, you know, and then I then I realised, why? why? Why would I change part of myself and change that something I'm speaking to Allah when I believe that only Allah can provide me with this success? Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't easy, but, um, yeah, eventually, you know, just I became more confident and it stood my ground and started to realise, you know, my value and the value that Allah has placed in me. And if someone else, even if that's a workplace, is unable to see that, then that's their problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember a friend telling me that as Muslimin, we're going to stand out anyway, regardless. Mm. Whether, we're we, whether we wear hijab and a long top or a jilbab, mm. we're going to stand out. So why not stand out? how you feel comfortable, how you want exactly. to stand out. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's something that, like, in any aspect of life, you know, bringing that, you know, not holding um, the opinions of others highly, If you know, because at the end of the day, we're here to please Allah, not his creation. So if they have a problem with something that you're doing, uh, but yet you're, stri- you're striving in the way of Allah, that, yeah. you know, you don't need to concern yourself with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's difficult. Um, yeah. It's, it is a difficult... Um, mindset in a sense because we Definitely. do worry about what other people think yeah although we should hold Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's opinion of us higher than the creation you know it's difficult we do think oh like they're looking at me this way what yeah. do they think about me sort of thing it's it's something that we all struggle with um what sort of advice would you give to sisters who are perhaps wanting to wear the hijab but are like worried about what other people will think I think firstly like accepting that you're finding it difficult and not berating yourself or feeling guilty about it um, because I think a lot of people struggle with that. They think that, oh, it's due to weak faith, etc. It's got nothing to do with that. Like you said, we all fear other people's opinions to some degree. And we all, you know, we were conscious of it, especially when it's such a big change. Mm. I would say definitely take it slowly. Um, yeah. But, you know, the most beloved deeds that Allah are the smaller, consistent ones. So, for example, for me, um, what I did is I began by wearing, it kind of switched the other way to what's uh, I guess what's conventional but I started with wearing a bio first and leaving mm. my hair and then I would slowly start to wear that once a week then twice a week and then build up yeah until I felt more com- comfortable in it because you know the reason why we become we're so conscious of um of others opinions is to some degree a lack of confidence in that area which yeah. is normal because we all lack confidence in certain aspects yeah so for me taking it slow allowed me to build that confidence and really reading about the great women of islam as well and seeing you know how they were really powerful strong-minded women and yet they didn't have to ever compromise their modesty yeah to reading about them surrounding yourself by uplifting sisters you know people who support you um you know remembering that you know hijab is such a beautiful beautiful way of outwardly displaying your devotion to allah and keeping that in mind praying to hajjid you know sharing these doubts with Allah sharing your fears of Allah because yeah. at the end of the day Allah is the only one that can really instill that within you as well mm-hmm. you know and yeah and also one really important one is not feeling that you're not good enough to wear it yeah 
which is you know quite common because it's, it's for all women it's not for a group of pious or elite women you know yeah. and wearing it doesn't mean that you're not ever going to sin it just means that you're actively trying to overcome your nafs which is what we're all doing through this form yeah. of worship yeah, exactly. so yeah mashallah yeah those are really good points just remembering that you know wherever we are whatever journey we're on we can wear the hijab if we if we have that intention yeah to make it to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you don't need to be you know at the top of the the line in terms of spirituality if you're just making that step towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he will he will open the door for you and other things will become easier over time um so we've talked about some of the struggles with hijab um, I thought it'd be quite beautiful to talk about some of the spiritual um, benefits that have come from wearing hijab. So do you mind talking to us about um, the beauty of hijab and some of the sweetness that's come out of you transitioning to jilbab? Yes. Um, so for me, it's so, so many. I, so <laughs> to begin, I think, <laughs> do you know, it, what it is, is because it's, it was something that was so foreign to me. And I remember I was so scared that's why like I really want to talk about you know the journey to Shilbab because I I can empathize and understand so much like in, in regards to struggling with it yeah because you know there were times where you know like I mentioned I started I tried to wear the abaya once a week twice a week and for a year I was doing that and then I completely just stopped and mm-hmm. then I tried to go back to it and then I just stopped and this was ongoing for two years and I remember mm-hmm. I was like yeah, it was it was it was really difficult so when I finally got to the stage of you know being comfortable and confident in wearing it subhanAllah the benefits and the feeling I had like I, I don't think I can even express it in words but it was mm. just such a beautiful feeling because you know wearing digital love you know I feel like I'm in a constant state of worship and even when my iman is so low um you know because it fluctuates and that's normal but even when it's so low it, it pulls me up it reminds me you know when I'm putting it on and when I'm outside you know that I'm a woman of faith even when my faith is rocky yeah yeah and I find you know because I really love to travel I, I started to realize it's almost like a form of dawah in itself yeah um so whenever I travel it doesn't matter which part of the globe I you know I am at it doesn't matter where I'm at where I'm at where I'm exploring whether it's <laughs> America or Nepal or you know uh, Tanzania you know every single you know person that comes across my path is going to recognize me as a Muslim woman that's and beautiful. I take a lot of yeah. I take a lot of um, pride in that, you know, and it opens up conversations and, you know, people are intrigued by it. They want to know more. And I'm able to, you know, if, if they're willing to listen, share my love for it and why I love it. And yeah, you know, I think I feel like it's the only only true outfit that's really brought me any sense of true, true happiness and boosted my confidence because, you know, any other outfit I've, I've worn in the past um you know, prior to wearing shibab or hijab in general. Although I've loved, you know, and I still love wearing it, you know, we're still able to do that, you know, within our within a halal environment. Even though I love wearing them, it only kind of brings me a temporary sort of satisfaction, if you know what I mean. It's just, yeah. it's all for vanity-based reasons because we like the way we look, which is completely mm-hmm. fine because we're women. But yeah. with shibab, like wearing that, it, it empowers me daily for so many different reasons. And one of them, you know, being that, it, it's just a constant reminder of Allah. And it gives me confidence because... I, I'm reminded of my faith and every and all the beauty that's associated with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, this reminds me of when I first tried on the jilbab. Um, I was in a Muslim country. I was in Morocco, um, and I wore the jilbab. And even in Morocco itself, the the jilbab isn't it isn't that like they don't wear it that often mm. in Morocco, especially in Marrakesh, in the center of Morocco. Um, and I remember wearing it and just feeling so at peace and just so beautiful um and 
it's a feeling like you said that you can't really describe unless you go through it it's it yeah. gives you this spiritual high that you don't ever want to lose which I guess kind of pushes you in that direction to keep going with yeah it. um and I remember oh, being so in yeah I remember being in the um shopping center and there was another woman who was just staring at me smiling she had the most beautiful oh, smile so on her nice. face and my mum picked it my mum picked up on it and she was like Oh, it's not really cool. Like, are you okay? Are you happy? And she was like, I just love the way you're dressed. Allahumma barik. Like, so nice. you look beautiful. And mm. just small things like that, they just give you that confidence boost to say, okay, you know, not everyone is, not not everyone has a bad view of the hijab. Yeah. There are people yeah. who are happy to see you making that journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Definitely. And even like non-Muslims, you know, because I think, um, and you know rightly so there's that fear because of the amount of islamophobia that's so high at the moment even mm. when traveling a lot of sisters message me and they're scared and you know again rightly so because of what they've been what they've been seeing on the media but mm. i do want to say that you know a lot of the different parts of the globe that i've explored people generally um are very warm and receptive to me you know mm. i've never really got any sort of hateful comments again this is that that is subjective that's my experience but yeah. you know a lot of people um more more so in like places like South America, um, West Africa, certain parts of Asia, they're very, very like intrigued by it, like non-Muslims. They want to yeah. know more. And um they find it fascinating when you when you share your journey and you share, you know, the why why you wear Jiva, why the beauty of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot more people that are open to it than than we might think at the moment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um so in terms of these sisters who are struggling with coming mm. up because we're all struggling even myself yeah. I struggle um with hijab and you know that feeling of um sometimes you feel as if um in certain in certain situations you feel like you stick out and there's always a struggle with everything in life yeah. um so what sort of advice would you give to sisters who are struggling with covering up um or who maybe want to you know want to cover up more but are just too worried about um we've kind of touched upon this but what what solid advice would you give to those who are struggling with covering up say someone who so, is wearing hijab um and is struggling with the hijab at the moment oh okay so as in they they're not wearing it or they're wearing it or they're wearing the hijab but they are struggling with it oh they're struggling with it okay yeah um and again accepting that you're struggling with it and accepting that you're going to have times that it's difficult is is really important because i think you know a lot of people who struggle with it and we all do but as in a lot of people feel guilt for it mm-hmm. and I feel like that guilt doesn't aid us in any way and that's why you know when you're told we you know when we're told you know if we make a sin and we repent for it not to refer back to it because guilt can be really unbeneficial I mean I'll give an example say for example we have a piece of coursework coming up right mm-hmm. and we're procrastinating so we won't do the, that piece of coursework and we leave it to the last minute but throughout that week before we'll feel a lot of guilt. We were thinking in our heads, oh, I should be doing it. I should be doing it. Yeah. So for example, you might not go out because you're thinking I should be doing my coursework, but you're still not doing your coursework. But that yeah. guilt is just stopping you from enjoying certain things. Like you're not going to watch something that you want to do, um, want to watch, yeah. you're not going to go meet friends. But it doesn't mean you're even, you're still, it doesn't mean you're working towards doing your coursework. You're still putting it off. But that yeah. guilt makes you feel like it's okay um, because I feel guilt. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's the same with, hijab like you know if you're struggling with it a lot of people feel guilt but it can be so toxic because it prevents us from taking those proactive steps so once you accept you know okay I'm I'm struggling with this I'm finding it difficult what can I do 
you know looking for the solution okay so what can I do now and again you know when we talked about taking slow but consistent steps because those are the most beloved Allah and those are what is going to bring about long-lasting change Mm -hmm. it's about taking small steps you know okay so identifying the reason as to why you're struggling with it is it because you're scared of what other people think is it because you know for example you don't like the way you look in it and that's a very valid reason you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like that's so shallow, etc. But at the end of the day, we're women. We, you know, we like to beautify ourselves. So mm. when transitioning to it, that is a fear. But again, that comes from um, researching and understanding hijab and, you know, finding what, you know, different different definitions of beauty and the different type of beauty that hijab brings out in you. Mm-hmm. And also remembering that you can still beautify yourself in, in a halal environment. You're not changing any of that. You're just changing where you're displaying that yeah exactly yeah and so yeah I would say and then following that just taking active steps so taking it slow so if you're for example transitioning from wearing jeans um maybe once a week wearing a buyer that you know buying a buyer that you really like and try wearing that once a week and then twice a week and then slowly building that up until Mm -hmm. you feel confident enough to go out in it and once you put in those small and consistent steps it will really really aid in your journey and that's mm-hmm. what I find anyway and also you know remembering that when you're adhering to hijab you are outwardly displaying your devotion to Allah and your love mm-hmm. for him and keeping that in mind you know what outfit in this world could be more beautiful than the one that Allah has assigned to you yeah and if it comes to other people's judgments you know remembering that these opinions hold no weight and I know it's really difficult to internalize that but as you get more confident it will be easier because you, rem- you remind yourself that you're living to please the creator and not the creation and it's not fair that these people have that much power to put you off something no matter what stage you're at and that's yeah. something you know in any aspect of your life it, it you know giving people that much power to put you off something or to not uh for you to not fulfill something that you really want to do they don't deserve that power mm-hmm. you know exactly. and if you're worried about working in it you know learning about the great women of islam and seeing how powerful and amazing they were you know we have you know the great women of Islam during the time of the prophet peace be upon him but they were surgeons they were poets you know warriors and they didn't have to compromise their modesty yeah. in that society and not neglecting yourself mm-hmm. I think that's like a, a major one as well yeah you know you know underneath your shilbab or your abaya wear something that you like wear an outfit that you like and that is truly you know what has taught me you know we always say we do things for ourselves but that is truly the meaning of doing it for yourself because no one can see but you yeah you know and you're maintaining that for yourself you know, yeah. uh, making sure you're taking care of your hair, making sure you're taking care of your body. Um, yeah, just making sure you're not neglecting yourself. Yeah, exactly. And just remembering, of, you know, that hijab is not for, uh, oh, jilbab is not for a group of pious elite women. That doesn't exist because we're all, we're all struggling. I mean, like you said, we all have different struggles. We're all mm-hmm. just trying to, you know, overcome our nas through this form of worship. So, yeah, keeping that in mind. Yeah. That's very true. And you talked about um, just making that transition, maybe wearing the abaya once a week. Yeah. Um, what really helped me um, in terms of transitioning to abaya and jilbab was um, last year during the ISOC, I would always um, wear my abaya or jilbab to ISOC events or mm. to the masjid. Um, just perhaps making those small adjustments when you're in an environment that you feel comfortable in because you're surrounded by so many like-minded sisters who are wearing the jilbab, who are wearing the abaya. Um, and you, call, you you kind of blend in and you don't stick out so you are more comfortable in that sense yeah um, so I'd advise that perhaps if you are thinking of wearing that buyer maybe wear it to the masjid you know Ramadan's coming up 
inshallah hopefully we are praying that things do <laughs> you know things do calm down so that we can enjoy uh, part of our ramadan with our brothers and sisters um so during ramadan maybe you can wear the hijab you know if you're not wearing the hijab maybe you can wear the abaya if you've been thinking yeah. that you want to wear the abaya just making those small steps um and wearing it in an environment that perhaps you feel comfortable in first and slowly over time you'll feel comfortable in most environments you know you don't realize these changes until you look back um you make so much progress by the will of allah um and he just opens those doors for you he he opens those doors for you without you realizing until you look back and you're like subhanallah allah has guided me towards this this journey and i didn't even realize it myself you know yeah yeah definitely when you and you know what especially as well it's so important is um like recognizing these achievements not mm-hmm. in you know not in a way that makes you think you know in an arrogant way but recognizing your achievements and seeing your progress and your journey because that yeah. is what will motivate you to continue you exactly. know because it takes strength it takes strength yeah. to make change and if you're taking those active steps like you know remind yourself of, of how you how far you've come because it will really help in motivating you to continue mm-hmm. yeah exactly um you mentioned earlier about self-care and uh, making sure that we take care of ourselves mm. um, as muslims because obviously we do wear the hijab and um, we might neglect our hair care or you know taking care of ourselves at home so do you think you can give any advice on how we can make sure that we we take care of ourselves you know we take care of ourselves and we beautify ourselves in the correct environments yeah so having a hair care routine having a skin care routine having pamper days yeah. you know buying clothing that you want you know buying clothing that you want to wear you know to get having all well at the moment we can't do that but having all female get-togethers you know even over like so at the moment now you can do like uh, skype dates for example with your friends mm-hmm. like even just dressing up for that you know like still feeling good about yourself and still yeah. ensuring that you're taking care of your body you're eating the right foods mm-hmm. you know um yeah just not neglecting yourself keeping a routine and I think that will really, really help as well with, with your confidence and wearing and wearing those outfits underneath your jilbab and abaya um, when yeah. you're leaving as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we are coming towards the end of this episode. Alhamdulillah. Um, I just wanted to ask you a few more questions, mm-hmm. um, and then you can give any last piece of advice that you want, inshallah. Um, so the last question I want to ask is, what is the one piece of advice you would give to a sister who wants to make that transition? I know we've given. A, little pieces of advice here and there but what's one piece of advice that you can say okay this is an active step that you can take towards transitioning into um i don't know whether that be a baya hijab jilbab um and where to look you know because myself included i struggle with finding modest clothing um i don't know where to look in terms of um brands and companies who offer modest clothing at a price which is good for me so what advice would you give to sisters who want to make that step and where to look where to start so I'd say, well, I, talking from my own experience, the main thing that really helped me was making Allah my best friend, mm-hmm. because every other, every other practicing element became a lot easier once I did that, and bu- building that spiritual connection with Allah, you know, and really making Allah as your best friend means you know turning to Him when you're upset with these doubts, turning to Him when you're happy, even if it's right, you know, writing letters if you can't verbalize it, verbalize it, but making time for Him, even if that's like aside from prayer like 10 minutes a day five minutes when you wake up five minutes before you go to sleep just to talk to him I think Mm -hmm. really building that connection um 
and building that foundation with Allah and that relationship with Allah will allow these other acts to come more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you strengthen that, everything else just becomes that slight, well, slight, slightly more easy and also gives you a lot more confidence because anytime you're struggling with it, you can just think back to, okay, this is, you know, talk, talking to Allah and say, I'm really struggling today, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But remembering the sweetness of that relationship and, you know, that keeping that in mind will help, inshallah. Inshallah. Perfect. Um, so I just want to thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us about your journey towards Jilbab. And I pray that whoever is listening, inshallah, will take benefit from this. Um, perhaps it will motivate them to make that step. Uh, like I said, Ramadan is right around the corner. Um, and inshallah, we can all strive to make those steps to be closer towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala outwardly and inwardly. Um, do you have any last words that you'd like to say? Any last piece of advice, um, Rabia, before we end it, inshallah? Um, I forgot I didn't mention any of the companies. Uh, so, as in for, as in to buy uh, modest clothing. Yeah, oh, yeah, the, go for it. The, the Abaya company, amazing, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing. Especially if you're um, not wanting to jump straight into Jibar, for example, the mm-hmm. Abaya company is amazing. Um, so, check those out. And they're very affordable. And you also have uh, Safwan.co, you have Royal Jilbab. Um, the, you do have AHD London. I know mm-hmm. uh, they have a shop in North London, I think. Yeah. And there's also uh, Islamic shops in South London called Labas um, and the Islamic bookshop, and they do jilbabs as well. So you can check that out, inshallah. Perfect. JazakAllah khair. Um, thank you so much for speaking to us about your journey. And inshallah, maybe in the future we can do something else like this again. Definitely, inshallah. Thank you for listening. And I'm so sorry if I rambled, guys. No, my first, you did it. This is my first podcast. <laughs> my first I've ever done. So, um, you did yeah, great. Allah Thank you so I much. Mean, and thank you for having me. No worries. Barakallah fiki. So I'm going to end it now. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa barakatuh. Take care. Pum 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 p